Awesome stuff rolling on into the night here on Psyched Radio San Francisco. Tonight is an extra special Rose Hayes show. A lot of it is going to be taken up by an awesome interview with Carmen from Agouti. I was super stoked to fucking hang out with her. She's such a cool person, and I feel like I kind of know her a little bit more after the interview. And I just absolutely love her band, Agouti. So I am not going to spend too much time in the intro today. You're listening to Psyched Radio. I'm going to play Agouti for you here and then introduce the interview, and then play more Goody, and then that's pretty much going to eat up the time today, which is totally fine with me. This is Summertime from a Goody.
Hello, hello, everyone. You're listening to the Rose Hayes Show here on Psyched Radio San Francisco. And I'm here with Carmen from Agouti, uh, one of my favorite local bands. And I hate to say that because I have tons of favorites, but I mean, it's 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 up there, I will say. <laughs> one of my favorites, one of my favorite shows that I've seen, especially in the realm of, of psychedelic music. So hi, Carmen, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hello. Oh, am I muted? No, you're good. You're on. Yeah, I'm good. All right. Hello. You're good. Yeah. So um, it's great to have you in tonight for the show. Um, so yeah, I guess it would be cool to just kind of get to know you a little bit and then just talk about your music so you can kind of share whatever you want. But um maybe just tell us a little bit about where you're from and how you, you know, how you, if you're from the Bay, I don't actually know we were talking. You're not from the Bay. No, I, I grew up in like North Seattle. Uh, there's oh. like a lot of us that just wanted sun and left the state. It's funny. Cause I, it's like, I know a lot of people from California that moved up to the Northwest, but I did the opposite. It's like California. Right want like the greenery and the trees and then like people from my state are like I'm tired of like months and months and months of rain so but I've moved down here in like 2004 so I've lived you've, here you've been here a while a long time yeah. <laughs> I'm like a super newbie in comparison um I always wondered about Seattle because we had such a good time when we went up there so I'd been up there before, but not the first time I played a show was la was when we did the Psyched Radio Freakout Exchange, I'll call it. So we went up there with Psyched and then played a couple shows in November, and I had a blast. And all the times that I've been in Seattle, I had a really good time. So I think, yeah, I guess maybe that is the thing. the The rain factor, I think, would probably get to me too, you know. But it's a cool spot to venture up. So. That's cool that you have some ties there. So you've been around the Bay though for a while though. So that makes sense. Um, yeah. So ha has a Goody been, when did the band form and how did that kind of, you know, I guess maybe the beginnings of the band as, as to where you are now. Uh, the band kind of formed in like stages. I, I basically like, uh, I left my previous band, Odd Owl, uh, and decided to just, like, take some time to, like, recoup as you do when you get, like, heavily invested in bands and, like, need a break. <laughs> yes, I do know. I do know. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, so when was that? Was that when you, like, first moved here or was this part of the Bay experience or? Oh, yeah, this was in the Bay. This was, yeah. like, 2014, I think. Okay all happened and I went to Costa Rica and I like just started I just took a bunch of albums with me uh and like took notes uh listening on each one and like what I liked what I didn't like you know what I was interested in and I just found myself gravitating towards psych because I really like the kind of weirdness of it and the interesting timbres I guess having come from like an experimental music background and a classical background and a rock background, like those all kind of like coalesce inside. Yeah, for sure. So I, 
uh, basically had to build the equipment first before I had the band. <laughs> um, and I built my studio too. Um, <clears throat> so that we could practice in it. But yeah, I had to, I fixed up all this old vintage equipment because I really wanted to kind of have that vintage sound um, and then kind of piecemeal joined uh, different members. I think Dakota joined, my guitarist joined in like 2016. It took me a couple of years to get my stuff together. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a process, you know, like, and if you're building you know, vintage synths amongst other things. And you have like a specific vision, which it sounds like you did, which is really cool. So it's like you had, you know, an experience with a band you're really, you know, into and you're like, okay, I'm gonna take a break and kind of reset and like, think about what I want. And then that doesn't always happen overnight, you know, um, <laughs> especially, I mean, I have such a um, respect for people who not only record with, but perform with and use these older instruments because they can be so finicky to keep up. And there really is like an engineer's mind that you have to kind of take. So when I listened to your music, that was one of the first things I like picked up. I was like, oh, whoa, that's like really, I'm pretty sure the real deal. It's not like a model model thing from a digital, um, you know, replicator, which I've used sometimes, you know, I, I try not to, but um anyway so yeah I, I can kind of see how that would suck up some time and but that's cool and you also want to make sure you have the right people right because I mean sometimes you don't I almost had like so many years trying to form a band and I just couldn't get the right people and it was almost like here I got at least the core I was still working on a bass player I'm like never ending finding the right bass player but <laughs> Oh, it's so funny because I had that with my last band, which is why I became the bass player. Oh, there you go. I know. I'm <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So it my point is, yeah, like I could see why it would take some time. So anyway, okay. So Dakota join, you have your studio, you've got your vintage gear set up, you've got a guitar player, and then kind of just started kind of gigging from there. Yeah, we had a drummer, guitar, and then um I think. Leanne joined this was like the original lineup uh 2017 I think is when we had our first full band show uh Ooh. and then yeah we we played with that lineup for a couple of years and then uh kind of reshifted things um and then kind of went through a series of different drummers we're currently with our drummer Owen. We've had him, uh, him for like a year. Um, Great, but yeah, really yeah. started in 2019 and cool. kind of recorded everything in my studio. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. So you so with nodes. When when did that come out again? Uh, 2019. It was yeah. Yeah, it's such a great rap record. I play that all the time. I'm so glad I have a vinyl copy. It's like one of my favorite vinyls, I swear. It's up there with like all the all the greats to me. <laughs> it's in the cycle. But anyway, um, that's a really great album. So you pretty much produced and engineered that as a band or you or you and your band, you. I write the music, I produce yeah. 
music. I engineer and mix the music. Okay. The only thing I didn't do was master because I didn't want to like do all the things I wanted yeah. to say ears so i reached out to greg calby he does like uh tame impala uh and i was totally expecting him to say no but he said he would master it and i was "Ah!" (laughs) holy crap you know that i want to go on a tangent but cool it sounds amazing and so honestly i did not know that you did all that until just now so that's awesome to know (laughs) i i give you lots of like applause for that because that's pretty amazing um to be able to do write that kind of music and then you know engineer it and and mix it is is a task I'm not a mix person I can arrange and come you know kind of place things and kind of get it into a place that kind of is listenable and then I have Ruben now is which is nice to do it in-house I pass it off to Ruben a guitar player to have him do the mixing at this point and then we have our master guy, but yeah, I can't mix. So more, more like, again, <laughs> awesome. It's such a good record. Um, yeah. So do you want to just talk about maybe where the influence for some of those songs came or, you know, just whatever you want to talk about for the record itself, I guess. Sure. Uh, the record itself is just kind of a series of songs about grief. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I basically lost within 10 years, like seven people in my life. Uh, so wow. yeah, like, like summertime's about my friend that, um, died like on a camping trip. Uh, they like had to lift him off the mountain top. He like died in his tent Wow. Um, from like one of those like freak heart conditions that they cannot detect. He was like about to go to college, like in Europe. Wow. Uh, I lost like all my grandparents. Uh, my husband lost his mom. So it was like, wow. It was, okay. it was a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I was kind of going through a lot of health stuff and sexual assault stuff. So mm-hmm. it was just kind of like cathartic for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess for me, I feel like people don't talk about grief mm-hmm. enough. It's like people go into this kind of grief bubble and nobody knows what to do and no one knows how to talk about it. And people end up just being alone, stuck with that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of wanted to like reach those people, you know? Yeah. You're listening That's to really Psych cool. Radio, wow. Cause San Francisco. it's interesting too. Cause the more I, you know, you, you'd have as a listener, you approach music and whatever, you know, what are you doing in that moment and different listening moments, you know, it's like, okay, you sit down, you put the record on that's that experience. And, you know, maybe a little bit of this or whatever. And it's like, it's just kind of, you. It, to me, it's like, when I do it that way, it's sort of like, okay, I'm just kind of listening to the music aspect of it. But then it's like, I've listened to it. Um, actually, I'd listened to it the other day when I took a bath, actually, which usually wouldn't be bath music for me. Usually I listen to like really like like ambient jazz or something. But like, I was like, I'm going to put a Goody on, uh, you know, Spotify for whatever reason. And I really listened to the lyrics throughout. I didn't get through the whole album, but I listened to quite a few songs. And I was like, I don't know that I'd have to look them up to, to tell you which ones were which, but I could kind of hear that in it more because because when you hear the to me like the melodic structure or not not necessarily all of them they're pretty like kind of uplifting 
which is cool, right? It doesn't feel like a melancholy album, but when you really take in the words, I think you can kind of understand that is present in the music, you know, and really catch it on your on a deeper listen. So that's pretty neat. Yeah, my mom went through a grief cycle and she was kind of a closed off person. And I think talking about it a little bit more is, or not maybe, maybe talking about it, but giving that those kind of people a, a place to deal with it in music is is really cool. Do you um have plans? Are you recording other stuff, working on other material? Yeah, I, I'm actually recording right now, which is why I have my keyboard behind me. Sweet. I'm... Yeah, I keep oogling it. <laughs> ogling? Ogling? I think it's ogling, actually. I think it probably works. Both. I think ogling. Anyway, we're going to move on from that. But yes, so let's talk about the synth, and then we'll talk about maybe what you're working on. So what am, what is behind you? Uh, Juno 60. Roland Juno 60. The coolest. IMO. So yeah, we could talk about synths all day, but we will try to maybe save that for later once we get through some other stuff. <laughs> okay, cool. So you're writing on this instrument. Um, is it mostly like, how How do you actually, just I'm curious as a musician to musician, how do you approach um, the synth? Because you play guitar in your group. The bass, yeah. Oh, bass. Right, right, right. Right. Yeah. Right. We just talked about that. Um, more talented than I am at guitar. <laughs> well, that's interesting though. Okay. So wait, let's stop for a second. So you, okay. So you want, needed a bass player. So you kind of filled that role in your own group. Would you prefer to be playing synths? Do you think, or have you kind of like enjoyed being in the bass role? I like being in the bass role. Cause I can move around, uh, yeah. Because as a lead singer, it's like uh, my last band, I was kind of weighted to the keyboard. I could kind of like move mm, around a little yeah, bit, but I was yeah. kind of stuck to that. Where the bass, I can really kind of take over the center of the stage. And so I like that from a performance aspect, but I'm always going to be into like old sense too. So mm. um, yeah, I mean, I just won't play them live, but I love writing and fiddling around with them <laughs> sure well I'm with you there because I have a whole room from of them in here too well they're not as vintage some of these are newer but um your collection couple, couple vintage couple vintage not as many as I used to have I sold them all I regret but anyway um yeah because okay so I agree with you as a, as a keyboardist and I I actually force my I I keep telling myself as a front person that I should maybe just pick one instrument because I do the split between keyboards and guitars because mm. I want to get out from behind the keyboard for the same exact reason. And like, honestly, this is the first band I've been in where I put the keyboard out front and center. Mm. Usually it was like I was playing like a Wurlitzer or something and it was more of a sit down experience. And even that was even more like to me for this kind of music. It was like I was more singer. I was more songwriter, folk, not folk, but like different than but I felt really trapped behind it in the same way. And so guitar gets me out and moving, but how do you, um, how do you approach songwriting then? Okay. For like, if you're working on the Juno 60 right now, um, and you're working through a song, do you kind of riff, riff on things, play with weird sounds, or do you have kind of, does it depend on the song? Do you have lyrics in your head or what's your, do you have a method for songwriting? And if so, what is it? 
Um, I would say my the music always comes first, and oftentimes I get fully arranged songs in my head, and I just can't write the part all the parts down fast enough. So, uh, I will write down like the most important parts that will help me remember the other parts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, do you mean like truly writing down? Because I've seen some of your lead sheets, and they're really well written, and I can tell that you know what you're doing. <laughs> Um, that's very good and helpful, but it, like, um, or do you record like a, a riff sometimes and just kind of savor it? Or do you actually just stop and like write out your music? Uh, I usually record everything first and like yeah. sketch and yeah. I will record different sections and nothing's like finished till it's finished. Like I'll switch whole sections around all like you know, come back two weeks later and get this like transition I wanted to insert somewhere else, you know? So I just kind of leave it as like a logic file to like mm -hmm. around, move stuff around, yeah. or, like have this instrument play this melody and this play a different melody, you know? Um, but yeah, then I'll go and transcribe the part after it's sure. already been created. Cool. And then you kind of have that form and then you sort of come up with some kind of narrative or story or whatever to kind of fit into the musical yeah. arrangement. Yeah. I would say the lyrics are harder for me. I am not like uh, as good of a lyricist as I am good at making melodies. So I definitely yeah. stew on the lyrics a long time and I like to kind of jigsaw things and mm -hmm. think about things. I actually really like to go to shows and write lyrics. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, I get really inspired by watching other bands, um, which really sucked during the pandemic because I was like a lyrical void because I couldn't go to any shows. So Right. Yeah, that was <laughs> such a weird... I had just moved here and I had about three shows under my belt and I was like in this form and I'm like, what? <laughs> but anyway, it's, you know, it's crazy. That was, it's 2023. Isn't that bizarre? Doesn't it seem like the weirdest time trip to me? Like, I don't know. The last few years have been like very strange as far as like my sense of time and seasons. I don't know. Like could just be me, but anyway everything's gone like in this kind of malaise because I've been at home a lot mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. just like every day is like the next day I feel like this last year I feel like things have finally started to get moving where I can kind of have a rhythm again but yeah mm -hmm. it was yeah, a weird for sure <laughs> yeah no it is and I think we all kind of feel that in our own ways you know and like yeah um <laughs> anyway so yeah um so uh let's while while I while I want to go down the synth thing I do want to ask you you've got a Juno I almost said one of six Juno 60 what other cool little synths are hiding throughout your studio I I have an ARP axe uh I used to have one of those too and I sold it I love those things I was so fucking mad when I did I was like dang it I mean, you can go get them, but it honestly, I will say I bought it in like half-ass working condition. So it wasn't, of all the things I sold, that one might've not been the worst, but it was like, I still don't have an art axe. I like Odysseys too. 
but the axe is that you can do some cool like base and I don't know, it's really fun. Yeah, I've used them. I use them on the last record. Uh, I think hang up. So it has like I'll have that. to listen for it. Yeah, it's like melded with other synths, but it has like such a great lead sound. Mm -hmm. Really cut through stuff, and the other Nord I had wasn't cutting through. Um, but yeah, yeah. I want to get more synths, but this area is so expensive <laughs> for buying used vintage synths because everybody knows how much they're worth. <laughs> yeah, dude, I will say that. Um, I come, I'm from Ohio, right? So when I was, when I sold all that stuff, when I was buying and selling all the gear, I was Ohio stuff. That was Ohio life. And I will tell you right now, six, seven, eight, however, 10 years ago, I don't even remember now, like when did I leave 2017? So around that era, 2015, 2016, I was buying and selling gear like crazy. And you could still, that was right when things started to jump, right? And like internet vintage prices started like, my Wurlitzer, I have a new one now. My Wurlitzer that I had then, well, I got it from a friend, but it was eight fifty, which you can't find one under three grand anymore. So you know, yeah, it's different out here for sure, and things get scooped up really fast. <laughs> so that's why I was like, I kind of held on to the the few that I kind of still had. Like my Yamaha CS five was like this little thing that's kind of fun. It's just one oscillator. It's cute, you know, a couple octaves and that thing's really fun. Um, and then our ha our half working 106. Everything else is new though. Like the Moogs that we have in the ARP, whatever, 2600, that's all new stuff. It's all re, that's that Korg model. So it's like, you know, but anyway. You should, uh, if you ever want me to take a look at your 106. Yes, yes, <laughs> the answer is yes. Yes, because we tried. Okay, do you know? Uh, we uh, if you've ever done the complex, you know George over there at the complex SF, where he used to do all the live stream stuff. Mm -mm. Oh, you should do one of those sometime. You get really good video if you want like a good video to take home someday. Um, anyway, he does these live streams and he's in SF and he has what was my point? Oh, we were talking about the Juno one hundred six and he was like um here's a tape thing if you insert the tapes you might be able to calibrate something or other to get it to work and that helped a little bit but it's still not quite all the voice chips work but it's there's something which is good but there's something still like not I don't know hmm. but I'm going to take this opportunity to have a commercial break and hit pause okay we are sponsored by absolutely no one. We are volunteer run. We are volunteer supported. We are a nonprofit organization. So with that in mind, if you have a couple bucks, send them our way and keep the radio station alive and thriving. We are talking with Carmen from Agouti here on Psyched Radio on the Rose Hayes Show. We being me and having a really good time listening back on the interview that we did not too long ago to air on tonight's show. Um, here is another track from Agouti, Cold, The Point. And honestly, it's one of my favorites off of their album Nodes. <laughs>
So where were we? Hmm. Going down synth lane. So we know we like synths. You played the bass. We've got Owen and Dakota in the band. Okay. So for a trio, you guys have a serious sound. Okay. So, but here's the thing. Last time I saw you live, it was a while ago. Um, and just the one time actually. Um, and it blew me away. You played at Milk Bar. That was the Milk Bar show forever ago. Uh, but I was like, 
who are they right and that's where it started right oh and I think that's where I met you and bought the album right um so you have such a big sound I feel like just out of curiosity is that all just coming out of the three of you just don't have any backing tracks you're just kind of it's just you guys yeah it sounded amazing it was so full and just very that's why I think that you have like a really good um sense of arrangement because I don't know I just feel like I mean drums guitar and bass pretty straightforward but I just feel like there's just such a big sound that comes out of that that I think it just was really cool it's like oh wow like an actual psych rock band you know yeah Dakota like well we we have like lots of delays and effects and stuff but I it's funny because it's like I'm always missing the keyboard parts <laughs> so I'm I'm really uh excited to hopefully get a keyboardist someday to pull out yeah. those like it's but yeah I, I feel like we're trying we're definitely like make, trying to find ways to make it fuller as a trio right now and Dakota's kind of taking on that extra of filling filling out the sound since it's mainly him on top now. <laughs> right. So did you have have you had the um luxury of having the keyboardist in your band at all? Yeah. At one point. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, but she decided to kind of just strip down to her own single project. Um okay. and now she has a baby. So I'm definitely not gonna be yeah. for a while. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, like um well, maybe I'll get my shit together and do it because I would love to. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, the last time we tried to go about it, it was like I was my job and I don't know. Anyway, but anyway, I think that the record's great, regardless whether or not you have a keyboardist, the band sounds really cool. You know, if you get the keyboardist, it's just going to be even more amazing. But again, as a trio, it's just, it's so good. Um, do you guys have, any local shows coming up? I know we've talked a little bit about some other things, but do you have anything coming up here or around town? We haven't because we've been, we played like locally a lot like last year. Um, yeah. So we're trying to kind of branch out a bit, sure. uh, but we might be playing Oakland. I don't know. We're, de we're debating that, but there's nothing set in stone right now. So I don't think that that would be <laughs> good for people to know about yet since we don't have any <laughs> information on that, but right, yeah, sure. our main thing is Wooly Starfest. So that's right. we're playing Yay. on the, cool. the 17th, uh, the Saturday, which is like amazing. That's like prime time festival. So, um, yeah, if people want to come out, it's what's like, the date again? I'm sorry. Uh Saturday, June 17th. June 17th. Wooly yeah. Starfest. It's like cool. uh the family that puts on Hardly Strictly, I think. Oh, cool. On a, a ranch in yeah. Marksville. So it's kind of like a little bit more of an intimate setting. And um, that's it's technically in Nevada, but it's what, just over the border or something? Isn't it Nevada? Am I out of my mind? Uh, you know, I know it's around Tahoe, but I never thought. Okay, okay, towards Tahoe. Then yeah. Yeah, it's like the south end of Tahoe. So not too far. I mean, it's 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 doable for Bay Area people. Yeah, and they have yeah. camping, so 
So you can just like go and camp out and it's really reasonable. I think the whole festival is like $150 for like three, three days. That's really good. That's yeah. all. I, I mean, that's really good. And I, I, that appeals to me because sometimes it's like, you want to do some of these things and it's just really, it's really tough to swing it. You almost have to kind of like choose your battles when you, you know, think about fest sometimes, but when they're, when you, I like being able to stay over because it's a, it's a, you know, as a audience person going to a fest, it's a lot. It's fun. Like I would love to see a ton of bands in one day and like be outside. And it's like the whole vibe of it is one of my favorite things to do really. But the, the option to be able to just crash and get up and do it again or take off, you know, is really nice. So. Yeah. I feel like you miss out on a lot of community stuff. Like I love doing the camping aspect and like getting to meet people uh I feel like there's a lot of late night shenanigans that like happen here like in the campground that you don't really get to experience if you just like go in and go out which is like so I feel like different with SF Fest because it's always just like a day thing for people and so it's just such a different vibe I feel like but I I think so too and I kind of crave that sort of thing because and again coming from like the Midwest we I mean, we had like college football and Cedar Point, you know, like we didn't have the beach. We didn't have like cool California day fest or even um, much going on. Where'd I go? I don't know. Where did you go? I don't know. <laughs> what just <laughs> happened? It just like, hold on. I think my, whatever. I'm just going to go black on screen everyone that's listening we're hanging out on video call right now to do this interview and my screen just went black so we'll just we'll just roll with it I guess the the universe doesn't want you to look at my face anymore I don't really blame the universe it's fine um but yeah anyway camping stuff or festivals or whatever like that was a big culture um almost too big in Ohio honestly but you know, there's something about that, that I think you're right, where you kind of get that, like, get out of the city and like be under the stars and like hang out with people and really get to know them and run into people you would never necessarily see just in that setting that you would never talk to outside of that kind of setting. So anywho, um, but that's really cool. Congrats on, you know, a really cool summer fest and, um, trying to think, um, I, I have another personal question, um, kind of just for me, more so me than the audience would probably want to know about, but maybe, um, so you said you have experimental classical and a rock background. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of explain what each of those, what, what each of those come, come out for you? Um, where, like, where's the classical part, you know, different you know, is this something from like youth where you like clean or trained classically? Yeah. So I was kind of trained classically in piano and vocals. Uh, so I like started at five doing like Suzuki piano method. That was like my first musical phrase. I had decided, I told my teacher by six that I was going to be a musician. I was very, <laughs> you knew, I knew, wow. uh, and then I, cool. 
I joined a girls choir at eight. Uh, it was kind of, and this, it was like a private choir. We like toured internationally and stuff. Um, Whoa, cool. So I like was a part of that as well until I graduated high school and I continued piano until I graduated high school and then went to school for music. Um, and then started getting into more exper experimental stuff in grad school. I went to uh, Dartmouth's electro uh, acoustic music program, master's program. Neat. So I have basically, my, my idea of what music was just kind of got stretched out to like extreme dimensions. Sure. Uh, and I feel like I can't really go back after having listened and like experienced what I've listened to. Um, but it was really cool. I felt like the people in my program were, you know, really well connected in like the experimental music field. Like I got to meet the vocalists that worked with Philip Glass, like my, cool. my, my uh, roommate met Steve Reich, you know, like. <gasps> Shankar, like they would have wow. like really cool experimental and classically trained musicians come in and um yeah like my professor he like he just recently passed but he built the synth clavier wow. uh, which is this really old uh vintage cool vintage synth but um say it again the synth clavier you'll have to show me what that is Oh yeah, I'll send you a link. I think it's somewhere on the web. Oh, I bet it's so cool. Yeah. See, that's something that I regret, you know, so I, I mean, I guess that I, mean, I shouldn't say regret that I kind of wish that experience I had because when I was 18, I did solo performance piano all the way up through high school as well. And like, really, really surrounded by musicians and my family and just, but I didn't, I came from a very, like, I don't know, like there was not a lot of understanding of what college musicianship looked like or even what beyond looked like there wasn't a lot of support for that where I came from and I didn't know and I was like oh I don't know like what I, don't know, I probably should do this or that so I didn't go to music school even though I wanted to it was almost like my soul told me to but my brain told me to do something else you know what I mean so I you know roundabout way came back towards music again later in my life but those are the kinds of things where I'm like dang you know because like when I, I would sit around and listen to jazz music in, in college and I would see these like college uh, students that were like kind of like going to these clubs to 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 do their music. Mm -hmm. um, and, and they had such a different language and just like class about them that I was just like, oh, they're cool. <laughs> and just some of those like, you know, like, you know, because Capital Oberlin type experimental Dartmouth or whatever worlds that you just kind of are immersed in that with other people that really get it is just such I think just such a neat experience to have so that's cool that you did all that that's awesome I can see it in your in your uh compositions you're for listening sure. I'm like, to okay, psych radio been, San Francisco you know what I mean? it's inspiring to me thanks. you know thanks yeah no I think it's really cool and um I don't know. There's just certain things I think that should be preserved and other things that's like, okay, yeah, sure. Open your lap book and go beep, boop, beep. That's cool too. Cause I'm all into that. But I also think there's like this, like other, I wish there was like a little bit more, um, I don't know what I'm trying to get at. Just like, I really like experimental music and I know that there's a huge, like huge listener base for that kind of stuff actually. 
and actually maybe more so than ever, like again, maybe in a resurgence lately, because I see a lot of experimental shows that are like really promoted well and stuff. Um, so I guess it just depends, but do you do any of that kind of more experimental stuff like performance wise um, outside of a goody? I, I used to, when I got out of grad school, I was like, my stuff was really pretty experimental. I was like working with like Max MSP and like I had built this like instrument that my professor called the Carmenizer. Nice. <laughs> hilarious. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess for me, the rock element of like the groove, mm -hmm. I just am a lover of syncopation and rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. And I really needed to be in a situation where I had that in um experimental music, like I love borrowing from it, but like the the basic like rhythm section, I feel like has for me has to have a good groove. Um so I'm with you there, actually. Yeah. Especially as a perform I mean, I guess maybe every once in a while. That's kind of how I feel now. It's like I think it's like you know, if we could have a project for everything and, and we made enough money where we could just do whatever we wanted all the time and just play shows without all of the extra things that go into playing a show, you know, then it might be a different story, right? Because I think musically, it's like, yeah, definitely as a performer or even, you know, just getting up and, and being in an ensemble, so to speak, or in a band where it's like you have a grooving rhythm section, you're, you're you know, maybe you're a lead player dan dancing around on top of that or whatever, but there's some kind of pulse and driving force that gives it an energy. Whereas it is fun to tinker and do experimental, experimental, more sparse stuff or whatever you want to call it. That's lacking that. But I definitely am not as inspired to do that on a constant. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's watching people dance and like interact with you right. to me as like, as a musician, I love that. Like, so it's like, yeah, I, I kind of like, if I can get people up and moving, like, I really enjoy that. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. I get that for sure. Well, cool. You have a, like such a rich, fun background. Um, so we've got the, the June 17th Wooly Star Fest with psychedelic group phenomenon Agouti. <laughs> and, um, for for now, that's um the thing on the books, and you're just kind of looking at doing some more like touring and whatnot. Yeah, I we're yeah. trying to book a tour right now. I don't have anything set in stone. Right. So, uh, but you can go uh check us out on socials. We will be posting dates as we get them there. So yeah, cool. Go check out. And that's just our Gucci band. So. And the spelling is A-G-O-U-T-I, Agouti. That trips so many people up. I, I don't know how many people I try to tell our band name in a bar. I'm like. Yeah, people, like, it's hard. And you're like yelling over people and they're like, you have to say it like 60 times. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, But yeah, Agouti, A-G-U, no, A-G-O-U-T-I um and yeah and you're on socials so follow on the socials add them to your spotify playlists if you're into tame impala i mean what else what else would you would you do your um 
we sound like if you had to pick your other bands that you would want to be like lumped with, so to speak? Uh, Melody's Echo Chamber, uh, Broadcast, Stereo Lab. At least someone told me we sound like Stereo Lab our last show and that like melted my heart. Yeah, I'm- that's that's awesome for sure. And that's why we get along. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a great band. Um, if you don't know them in the Bay, they are one that you should know and you should be listening to. Again, give them some follows, give them some love. If you had fun in this interview, now you are one step closer to knowing all about Carmen and her awesome project from start to finish. Um, I'd love to talk to her for another six hours, but we don't have that much time. And I want to make sure that we're playing enough, like at least three of her songs. So um, we're going to jump off here, but thanks for tuning in here on Psyched Radio. And thank you, Carmen, for being here. I've, I've had a lot of fun. Having me. All right. We'll talk again in like two weeks and do it all over again. How awesome was that, Psyched Radio? That's Carmen from Agouti, A-G-O-U-T-I. In case you missed the interview, well, shucks. But you know what? You need to follow Agouti on the internet, Spotify, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you name it, find their band camp and buy their album nodes. It is seriously one of my favorite vinyls, as mentioned earlier in the show. You will not regret it. Um, and I will say that I learned some of the synth parts for Agouti because I was like, can I be your synth player? Um, because I really want to be in their band. But I ran out of time and like I did learn a couple of of the parts, though. And I will say they were not exactly like straightforward. I mean, definitely if I spend a little bit more time with them, I could I could get them down for sure. But I have to just say, like, it's, you know, the the songwriting capabilities of this band is just freaking phen- Like, it's just so good. Anyway, this is Dragons. This is the last one from the Goody we're going to play today here on Psyched Radio.
Sequence I get a taste And the flavor starts to 